Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey folks, and welcome to another edition of Dog Walk Talk presented to you by Dogs HQ. As always, I'm your host, Jake Roos. With me, as always, the man, the myth, the scoop breaker. That's Palmer Toms of Dogs HQ. And with us today, a man who's along for the ride now, not just a special guest, but an integral part of the team. A man you may well know already, uh, but you're going to get to know him a lot better and get to know his Georgia coverage a lot better. And that's the man, Wes Blankenship. Wes, welcome to Dogs HQ, brother. Hey, it's good to be in the doghouse. Is that what y'all call this show? The dog, the dog house. <laughs> this is dog walk talk, and uh, okay. but it is a good. This well, it's is good to be of- on the dog walk with you. I'll try to there not commit any recruiting infractions like the Vols <laughs> did at their walk. This is, uh, yeah, this is, um, you know, uh, very exciting for us. Wes came on uh, just this week, actually, uh, getting started. And uh, if you've missed his stuff, highly encourage you to get over to Dogs HQ and check it out. Not that we weren't already kicking ass, but Wes bringing it to a whole different level, coming in with, listen, if you're able to tie Kirby Smart and Ricky Bobby together, I'm all in, man. I'm all in on it. All right. So a little bit of context with that. Um Sometimes when you create these posts, there's a bit of divine intervention. And I was already going to do a breakdown on the transfer portal, Georgia's departures, and, and you know why you shouldn't panic. There's a lot of panic right now uh, on the Georgia social media beat. Um, but a lot of Dogs fans are just addicted to that anxiety. But I wake up that morning and I see a tweet from one of the coaches that he's taken the Kirby copter to. And uh, I'm going to find the tweet so I can give the proper credit. But there is a, a, a statue of a Panther. All right, this is from Coach Ed Hill, the athletic director, dean of students, and head football coach at St. John Paul II Catholic High in Tallahassee. And Kirby's there standing here with Coach Hill, and there's a massive – statue of a of a panther and it looks like the cougar from talladega nights and i just immediately thought like kirby's got his arm around this thing it looked like the scene where ricky bobby's driving around with the cougar and boom light bulb went off i had my my pop culture reference of the day so uh yeah that was my second piece at dogs hq and uh hitting the ground running with talladega nights can't complain there uh, no doubt about it, man. I I loved it. Um, and, uh, you know, next time, rather than say you went to Twitter, just say you drank some bourbon and turned on uh, <laughs> TBS and it happened to be on. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, you you can tell the real story. You don't have to you don't have to make up a Twitter excuse for it. Um, Wes, talk to us a little bit about your background, man, how you came to Dogs HQ. Um, you're a guy that I think a lot of people in the Georgia market are familiar with uh, because of your work, your, you know, the, the, the work you've done on Twitter 
the work you've done on Outsider. But I think some people probably even know you back uh, to your old news days, uh, back when you were you were doing this this whole thing uh, full time back uh, once once in the once in the past, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think the three of us have similar backgrounds, just in what in one way or another. Um, you know, I started covering the team for the Red and Black when I was back in you know, Palmer shoes in school um, as a photographer, did some video work uh, for the newspaper. And um, that, that's really where it started for me uh, was covering the team, trying to get my feet wet and learn how all this stuff works. And uh, Palmer now has every advantage that neither one of us had, Jake, with uh, the training that Grady provides. Um, well, I, I, I will say that, to my credit, uh, I didn't get much training in journalism at Adderhold Hall. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sh- sh- shout Probably out Grady thing. Sports. Shout out Grady yeah, Sports. Yeah. There hey, you go. Shout out, shout out English Ed Program. <laughs> <laughs> hey, writing, writing is writing. Yeah. Uh, so that's where it started for me. And I, I feel like that's where I started to make some connections with the community of Georgia people, uh, social media was just kind of taking off at that time. And, uh, after that, you know, I worked at WMAZ, which is the CBS station in Macon worked at 11 alive, uh, the NBC station in Atlanta. And then since then, you know, through the pandemic and gosh, all these crazy twists and turns, it feels like being in this industry again, so much has changed even in, in just a couple of years because of how virtual everything is, which is nuts. Um, but that's the good thing about social media that I try to lean into is the positive community building aspect of it. And uh, I never really lost touch with my Georgia people during that. I hosted a podcast with DJ Shockley for UGA last football season. Um, Shock decided to, for some reason, take a you know sideline gig with with Georgia radio covering the team every week and also working for Fox 5 totally left me in the dust uh so we sacrificed that show so Georgia could win a national championship this season um started working for Outsider which was also started by the people that started on 3 so i already kind of got immersed in the culture of, of working for a Shannon Terry company uh, since March of 2021. And, you know, I live near Athens. It just makes sense for me to be involved with you guys. And uh, within the past week, I've started making my transition back to covering the team. So a very exciting time. Palmer coming through with the national championship Yeti flex there for everybody uh, watching today. <laughs> yeah, uh, for everybody listening. But Wes, uh, yeah, like I said, man, I you know you and I uh, go way back. Uh, we've done a number of things together over the years, collaborated on a bunch of stuff. I mean, some sports extras back in the day and all that. Um, so, like I said, hey, when when I when I got the news, really thrilled to uh, to have you on and. Um, Honestly, I just get tired of looking at Palmer sometimes. So yeah, that's, really, that's you nice need to mix too. it up every now and then. Right? <laughs> yeah. that, um, that, that explains the uh, the rise in guest appearances towards. No, no question. <laughs> no, no question. Um, well, Wes, like I said, we're thrilled to have you aboard Dogs HQ family. Uh, lucky to have you, and uh, we're.
excited about it as well. No let's doubt. dive in. The, let's dive in though on some news uh, now that we've got this trio assembled uh, because there's been a lot to talk about. Uh, let's start off, I guess, with the fresh news of the day, and that's that Bear Alexander uh, reports, or uh, not a not a report. Uh, sources confirmed to Dogs HQ our report, I guess, as it were. Uh, Bear Alexander, top fifty player in the nation, and one of Georgia's key signees for this 2022 class out uh, probably it's looking like until summer uh, with some labrum surgery, a uh, pretty common injury these days. You're seeing it a lot with kids coming out of high school. It's one of those things you can do and not know that you have. And um, you know, I mean, Keely Ringo's gone through this. Nicobe Dean's gone through this. Tresman Marshall's gone through this. You can play through it. Your long-term effects are not great. Obviously. Um, you know, Wes, I know uh, since, you're the new guy around these parts. I know that, um, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of our reaction, man, our voice of reason here. Um, you know, I guess your feel on it, you know, we were talking, I know about impact freshmen and, and I think some people thought Barry Alexander could possibly be one of those guys given his skill set and given that need and some of the void that, that's left on that defensive line, I guess, how do you kind of see this, this shaping up for Georgia and, uh, and bear himself, I guess. Yeah, I think, we were talking beforehand uh, about the similarities between this injury and Keely Ringo. And uh, we saw how that impacted Keely. Um, obviously he's recovered quite nicely, uh, but the immediate impacts, um, I think it's not what you want, right? If you are an early enrollee, you hope that that is mutually beneficial for the player and for the team. And with the depth at that position for Georgia in 2022 uh, being what it is, you were really hoping for the dogs that that Bear could come out of hibernation a little bit earlier, right? And and figure some things out in Athens. So, yeah, I think it's definitely uh, just another concern on the list for how Georgia cannot just rebuild but reload next season. Um, it was your story, man. You broke it. Um, I guess, you know, how did you, did you, do you see this as a big setback necessarily? I, I guess that depends on how much you thought Bear Alexander was going to contribute. Yeah. I'll, I'll have a uh, roster reset story coming out here on the defensive line early next week. And, and I, you know, I'm, I wouldn't go ahead and project Bear as a starter right off the bat, but I do think that he can have a very similar role. Uh, very similar impact as as that of Jordan Davis, his freshman year. Um, you know, so a, a guy, obviously, Bear coming out of high school, probably a little bit more polished of a product than what Jordan Davis was, but not going to be stepping into, you know, Athens at the same, you know, way that Davis is stepping out of Athens. Um, but I think that, you know, when you look at those two, Davis had to come along a little bit, started really making a contribution for Georgia midway through that that 2018 season which feels forever ago um at this point um and and i feel like um you know bear probably given the fact that they are losing jordan davis they are losing Devonte wyatt they are losing trayvon walker um on that defensive line you're gonna be julian rochester too another guy who, who provided some depth for them there um you're gonna be in need of of some guys to step up whether that's zion logue timon mitchell uh, you know, Bill Norton, those that trio of Tennessee guys, Nazir Stackhouse, Warren Brinson. Um, you know, you, you'll be looking at some of these.
these true freshmen from this past season to step up as well. Um, Obviously, Jalen Carter is going to be the top guy on that defensive line, probably going to be the top guy on this entire defense. Going to be, you know, fighting hand in hand with, uh, you know, Nolan Smith for that title there. But I think that I think that you probably are going to be looking at, uh, you know, Bear as as a contributor, um, given his size, uh, you know, being able to step in immediately. You can't coach size. Uh, and, and that's something that he's got. I, I think that he's very reminiscent of Davis. Maybe it's just the 99 jersey that he's been wearing in all of his recruiting photos. Uh, but I think that he could step in and, and make that kind of an impact. So, you know, losing this spring for him is, is absolutely uh, detrimental to, to that. Um, but but I, I don't think that it's, it's you know, it's something that's going to cause, um, you know, him to completely fall off the radar. No, I, I saw him as a rotational guy as well. I think that that was probably his role. You Georgia exchanges those guys. I mean, look, you want to keep your big boys fresh, and they do a pretty good job of that uh, with the depth that they've got there. So to me, Bear was a guy who was going to kind of factor in in that way. Um, you know, I think, look, it's never right deal of course what anybody has to have surgery but if you're going to have to have it you're going to have to have a recovery now's the time to find that out it's lucky they're 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 luckier that they found it out now and that he was on campus in january than a guy signs in june or a guy shows up in june to enroll and then you discover it and then you I mean, your cost the whole season. In that well, and, and that's what happened to Keeley that right. season because, because he wasn't an early enrollee. Uh, he, he was, he did lose that season um, to the injury, um, ultimately made his way back and, and was going through bowl practices with the team. But that's, that's kind of that six to nine month timeline, typical timeline that we've seen there. Um, you know, he was able to make it back on the earlier end of that. Um, the expectation is that Bear is going to be able to do the same. Uh, but, you know, being able to find it in January as opposed to June, it, it bumps that timeline up that you're able to return. Sure. Setback for sure. Uh, but like I said, I had the right time if you're going to have a setback. Is in January and uh, especially yeah. coming after the national championship, I guess. Well, I think one, one, uh, you know, underrated element for any position group for Georgia is just the amount of blowouts, the game control that they had in 2021, and how many games that a lot of those names that Palmer mentioned actually got to play in. I'm looking at the participation for, you know, Brinson, for instance, uh, Stackhouse, you know, Stackhouse played in 10 games. You know, I, how many of those reps were against like really competitive, pissed sure. off SEC starters? Not a ton, but at least they're not quite as uh, wide eyed and bushy tailed as some of the other guys might be in, or, around the league. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, like I said, a, a guy who a, the future is still plenty bright for Barry Alexander. I mean, this is a, in my opinion, it's a pretty minor setback. And, and again, this is the time that you want, want it to happen. And like you said, Wes, the, the, the depth has been built there. Now- when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Now, one area, though, where the dogs are not as deep as they wish they were uh, is probably a receiver. And uh, that coming um, on the heels of a couple of transfers, you know, we saw Jermaine Burton put his name into the transfer portal. Uh, we talked about that on the last edition of Dog Walk Talk. But now we know with some clarity where he's headed. And it's not sitting well with almost anybody, to be honest <laughs> with you. And that's uh, he's 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 you know, headed, headed for Tuscaloosa. Now, Jermaine Burton goes with the Crimson Tide. They pluck him out of the transfer <laughs> portal. And look, I know this is a Georgia show, but uh, you got to give a lot of credit to Nick Saban because, man, he's working that transfer portal like nobody else in the country right now. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, Elias Ricks, uh, you go out and get a guy like Jermaine Burton. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, the, the guy wins for a reason. But a lot of people very upset about this. Um primarily because it feels like a turncoat situation, I think, for many people, that Burton would spurn the dogs uh, off of the national championship and go with the team that they defeated, kind of aligning himself with the evil empire. Um, you know, Wes, I, I know that you and I talked, and, and Palmer uh, all talked about this the other day, uh, you know, the reaction that Michael Hardman had to it and, um, you know, basically came out and said, yeah, you know, this, this just doesn't sit right with me. You know, I, I it was the first thing that we talked about, you know, it's, I mean, I think, I think this is just the norm now. I think this is yeah. just, everybody just better buckle up and get used to seeing this kind of thing. Cause as long as the transfer portal is in no way regulated, and I'm not even saying it should be necessarily, but as long as it's in no way regulated, you're going to see this kind of thing happen continuously. Well, I mean, Kirby Smart benefited from a Alabama transfer his first year at Georgia. Uh, it, things have opened up a lot more since then, obviously. Um, but yeah, there's no regulation. It is completely the Wild West. And it's going to be like this until there is any kind of regulation. And I think what stings with the Jermaine situation for Georgia fans that are more prone to panic uh, is the Stetson Bennett factor that they are perceiving that Burton is leaving because he's dissatisfied with his uh, production with Stetson Bennett. Um, and it's, I don't know, I, I feel like that's too simple of an explanation. Uh, I think if you looked at the way that Georgia's offense was run in 2021 and under Todd Munkin in general, a lot of guys get the ball. I mean, it's not as simple to say anymore that Georgia doesn't have a thousand yard receiver because it's RBU. It's because Georgia throws the ball to, you know, six, seven different guys any given game. And if Burton's prerogative is to go and be the next Jameson Williams or Mechie or, you know, Calvin Ridley or whatever at Bama, hey, more power to him because that's what they do over there. And Georgia's not showing that they want to do that. So, I think it is uh, just a lot of, you know, the same hurt feelings that Georgia fans have about Bennett, the ones that aren't sold on him. And my view on this it, it will not change. I mean, I've always said as a Georgia guy, I only wanted to see one just to prove that it could happen. You know, I, I'm not concerned about being, you know, around a team that's the next Alabama. That's That's Kirby Smart's job to figure out how to make this – the next evil empire. Um, and if Stetson Bennett comes back and plays quarterback and, you know, this team falls off the map, which I don't think it will, but that's what people are concerned about. 
then that's another part of this cake, I guess. That's another ingredient that's making people really not like the fact that Burton left to go to Alabama. Um, I mean, he overshadowed Kimber going to Florida, which was pretty impressive, honestly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the shock factor. Uh, you know, Mecole's reaction was interesting to me. It showed that generational difference that's happened in just a few years in college football. <laughs> yeah. Um, that a player that was playing just a few years ago in college is already like, dude, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, no, like you said, I mean, it's like you were saying about the business earlier. It's like everything's changed so much and it's changed so fast. And, you know, Palmer, you and I were talking about this. I mean, I think we compared the numbers Uh, when Burton was available. It was something like two, two and a half receptions a game. Jamison Williams, on the other hand, averaging five a game roughly uh, over the course of his season uh, with Alabama this past year. To me, that makes a lot of sense. If you're a guy who wants more opportunities and you're looking at your production versus what this guy did, then it seems like the opportunity is there for you. But I don't know. Maybe I'm oversimplifying it. No, I don't I don't think you are at all, because I, I think that if you look at um, I, I and, and I wrote this in the column about it, um, I can understand both feelings here i can understand the georgia fan being frustrated um you know uh, that that somebody that was a key contributor in that game let's keep in mind georgia might not win that game if it's not for burden he had two catches but he also drew a pass interference one of those catches was a long one on, on on georgia's you know go ahead touchdown drive so if he doesn't catch that ball on first down if he doesn't draw that pass interference they may not move down the field that quickly you know that they may it, it could be a completely different game so they may not win that national championship without Jermaine Burton. Um, and, and I think that if you're looking at it, you, you've also got to understand that last year, 2020, he was a freshman, true freshman coming into a new offensive system in a COVID season. Not, you know, no face-to-face interactions oftentimes. Um, you know, it, it was a very, very weird situation. And, and it felt like he started to click when JT Daniels made his, you know, uh, appearance in the lineup um you know obviously had that huge game against mississippi state um but he also had a very good game with stetson bennett against alabama ironically um and, and so you know you felt like he was he was going to make a jump well sophomore season he's banged up all of the year um you know whether that's you know he, he gets hurt in spring practice he gets you know goes through fall camp and he's banged up um kirby told us at the beginning of the season that he thought you know, he probably the, the Jermaine hadn't practiced, but maybe 10 to 15 times in eight months. And so that was a situation where he was banged up. Obviously, he's, he deals with a groin injury midseason that, that keeps him out against Auburn, limits him to just one, you know, couple plays here and there against Kentucky. Uh, no catches against the Wildcats. You, you felt like he started to come into his own a little bit at the end of the season with, with a big game against Michigan, a big game against Alabama, like we talked about there. But at the same time, you've also got to understand that with Alabama, there has been so much production at the wide receiver position. Um, you know, guys being picked in the first round, Julio Jones, Mari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, all those guys are old examples now because you've got four guys that have been picked in the first round the last two seasons. Uh, like you said, with the stats, looking at comparing the stats there, uh, you know, Jamison Williams had more catches 
yards and touchdowns in this single season than Jermaine has had over two years at Georgia. And so if you're going to leave anywhere, if you're going to leave Georgia for anywhere, it makes sense that it would be Alabama. Um, I, I, but at the same time, like I said, I can understand the frustration that Georgia fans are feeling towards the situation. Uh, but you can also understand the, the, the move that he's making. Um, and, and, and a guy like, you know, we, we've talked about Mikol, uh, you know, coming at him a little bit, a guy like Eric Stokes, who was one of Mikol's teammates early on in his career, but also, you know, ha- played in a little bit more of the transfer portal era of college football, you know, saw a, a, a starting quarterback, you know, for at Ohio State that had played at Georgia, uh, not naming any names there. Um, you know, he, he understands it and said, you know, he's doing what's best for his career. Why do you, why do you have to worry about anyone else? So I, I can understand that that side of things, too. No. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I, I think. Yeah, it, it goes both ways. It works in both. It works in both ways for sure. Um, <laughs> got, got, got our man Wes on the move. Uh, scoops breaking. He's got to go track it down. So uh, <laughs> we'll keep rolling here. Um, you know, Burton. Listen, uh, I, I agree with you, Palm. If you're gonna if you're gonna make the move, it's hard. It's hard to go against Alabama if you're gonna if you're gonna pick somewhere else to go. I I, I fully. I mean, I think that's just the nature of the business, but. Speaking of going other places, we've got signing day right around the corner uh, next Wednesday. A uh, couple names Georgia fans will be watching out for. If you've been keeping track over at Dogs HQ, we've had uh, a lot of the movement tracked by coaches, the in-home visits. Um, a really interesting to w- one to watch, I think, moving forward and moving into next Wednesday is that of Andrew Paul out of uh, Texas. This is a kid who came on to the board and I tell people this happens every year, and I, I feel like people just don't believe me. But like Brett Sither was like this, um, you know. Uh, there are guys, there are guys who emerge after these early signing periods that just explode. And this, and Andrew Paul is one of these kids. I mean, he's a, a, a great bat. Go watch the film on him. I like the tape. Big kid. Georgia, I think, a little in flux. With the Jordan James situation um, and whether or not he will be a bulldog next Wednesday, as of right now, I'm predicting that he will not be. Um, but this is a day to day thing, uh, as everything in recruiting is. But the fact that they're pushing all in on Paul feels like a pretty good indicator of, of where they how they feel and, and where they stand with the whole thing. They're going to push for an official visit this weekend. As of right now, I believe that is the expectation that Paul will end up in Athens this weekend. Was originally slated to go to Oregon. Has been to Clemson already. Clemson felt really good about where they stood with it. I'm just going to say Georgia looks like they're in a strong position moving into next Wednesday. What's going to be interesting and what we don't have a good feel on is if this kid is going to go ahead and make a decision on Wednesday. Because if it were me personally, I wouldn't. I, I would carry this thing out a little bit longer, You know, maybe take some a few more trips, kind of get a better feel for all of this. But teach their own. So... Andrew Paul, definitely a guy to watch out for when so, it comes so to Jake, Georgia recruiting. Give us a little bit of explanation here on how things work there. You, you said if he's going to make his decision Wednesday, that that's you know considered to be National Signing Day. Yeah. You know, people consider that to be the end of this class. Talk to us a little bit about how that would work if if well, he's, I mean, you know not to make his decision. Yeah. I think everybody does expect those things, but at the same time, you don't have to do it. Uh, the window doesn't close. So you can choose. 
February 2nd or the first Wednesday in February is when this period begins. Essentially Uh, the window doesn't really shut after that for the rest of the 2022 class. So you can, I mean, well, the reality is you don't even have to sign anything. You don't have to sign a letter of intent. Roquan Smith did this a few years back. If, uh, if you'll remember, I remember that one pretty well. Um, He opted not to sign a letter of intent. Um, signed his financial aid paperwork, which binds the university to him, not him to the university. And he just showed up and enrolled. And at that point, you know, obviously you, you know, you're somewhat beholden to them at that point. But, you know, as a recruit, if you sign your, if you sign your national letter of intent, you're bound to the school. Um, now in the transfer portal era, we've seen kids sign their NIL or their NLI, I'm sorry. And then flip right over and then enter the transfer portal almost immediately or, you know, I mean, it's happened. It opens up a lot of possibilities, but this kid can really, this kid can realistically carry this thing as long as he wants to, he can carry until June. I mean, assuming he wants to play college football next fall, you know, he better be in camp when summer, summer begins, but he can carry it that far, and there's really not not anything anybody could do about it. My expectation is that he won't. Most guys don't do that. Most guys don't push it that far. I'm just saying the possibility is on the table, and I think that you know there's an opportunity if you're a kid like this, where all of your opportunities emerge so quickly, to give yourself some breathing room and give yourself some time, and give yourself a chance to kind of work through all of this and and not be overwhelmed by the the hoopla about it. Uh, I, I think that that's, you know, another key component to this whole thing. Um, Andrew Paul, Jake, how do you, Jake, how do you feel like the transfer portal and the split signing days? This is a, a big picture question, but I'm, I'm just curious, how has it changed the way you cover things and just the general process of everything? I mean, it's, it's a total, it's a total insano move. I mean, there's nothing there's, I mean, it's, it's totally changed everything about everything. There's no way to cover it in the same way. So, you know, the transfer portal is what it is. I mean, it's different. It's a, it's a whole different element. It's the same. It's essentially the same thing, but you're having to recruit your own roster as opposed to just the high school kids now. So, you know, I think that it's a situation where, you've got to be working both of those angles at all times. And as far as how I cover it, I just pray to God every morning. Uh, and, and, and I just move from that place <laughs> um, that I, that I can somehow keep track of all of this, this uh, madness. Um, but Andrew Paul, just one piece of this moving into next week, Georgia going in home with Christian Miller uh, on Thursday night. Uh, that's a very key one to watch. Uh, smoke has been positive for the dogs when it comes to Kristen Miller of late, from what I've heard now, Oregon's in the mix for this, uh, you know, but I don't consider them a serious contender. I think ultimately this boils down to who we always thought it was going to boil down to. And that's, uh, the Ohio state Buckeyes and the Georgia Bulldogs. I've been told that there is, you know, uh, it's a 50, 50 split right now. And, but it seems like it's trending a lot more Georgia than it was in the early signing period. Had he signed in the early signing period, I'm pretty confident he would have been a, an Ohio state Buckeye moving into next week. I feel really good about where Georgia stands. I think Georgia should too. Um, you know, he's taken some OVs. He's had a chance to get around. 
you know, he's obviously, like I said, gone to Oregon and gotten away from home and had a chance to kind of experience all of that. Um, but you know, it's something to watch. We'll see how it goes. Kristen, uh, a consistent guy for, for Georgia fans to continue to watch EJ Lightsey in the mix, uh, for next week as well. Linebacker out of Fitzgerald, Georgia guy that, uh, people probably have gotten familiar with. I would hope over the last month, things really kind of exploded for him after nationals or after the early signing period. Things didn't work out with Florida. Uh, he reopens things, and Georgia kind of comes barreling in. Uh, was told that he had a great official visit, and um, uh, you know I, I feel confident about where Georgia stands there as well. Last name to be watching for probably Shamar Stewart, uh, the five-star defensive lineman out of Monsignor Pace uh, in Opelika, Florida. A guy who. Um, just a tough read, man. I, I I don't know that anybody knows what Shamar is going to do. He's a very, he's a very, he's a nice kid, but he's very difficult when you speak to him to kind of get a good read on where he's, where his, where his head's at. He doesn't show his cards at all. And so, you know, I like where Georgia stands with him. I I, I heard, was told after the official visit that, that they picked up some, some momentum there. Are they still the third of three teams? I don't know, but I don't know who I don't know who who is right now. I I still, to some degree, I think A and still the the front runner. Um, you know, Mario Cristobal has made him a big focus since arriving in Miami. That's another piece of this too. Uh, but Georgia, you know, OV went really well. Dogs were in home this week. You got to feel good about it. I mean, I, top three is a good chance, and you know, if he's going to go out of state. Athens is a little Athens is sort of the midpoint between, you know, college station and Miami. So I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to project him to Georgia right now. I think that that would be a little presumptuous, but um, I, I will say Georgia not out of this moving into next week. And to me, Shamar could be an 11th hour guy. And of course, if they were to add four guys like that, you know, they, they'd have to make some room in the transfer portal, uh, you know, open up some spots because like we mentioned on our last show, um, you know, about 90 or so guys um, yep. on scholarship by our account, at least. Um, yep. and, and so, you know, you had four, you're getting closer and closer to a hundred than you are 85. Um, but yeah, that, that's uh, certainly something to watch, you know, as, as you enter spring, um, you know, you come out of spring, and, and, you know, if, if George is going to either pick up some guys on Wednesday or pick up some guys in the transfer portal, uh, they're going to need to lose some guys in the process as well. Yep. No, no doubt about it. I mean, they have to. It's, it's a must. And luckily, though, Kirby Smart has proved himself really adept at this. Uh, he and his staff, uh, they've got people dedicated to these kinds of things, the workarounds. Uh, man, roster management numbers, back counters versus forward counters versus I'll be totally honest with you. I know that this is my job and I work in this industry. <laughs> There's a lot of that shit that I do not understand. I have no concept of how it works. I can't, I don't know how they know how it works. I've tried to find the NCAA bylaws on these things and tried to read the wording. And I just don't know where this stuff is or how anybody figures out how to do it, but it's God a mystery. Yeah, more, more power to them, I guess. Um, guys, I think that's about it for me. And uh, unless you got a little something else, Wes, uh, you want to shout out something to the people here uh, before we uh, kick off here? 
I just want to shout out you guys and uh, appreciate you having me on the team um, and just appreciate everyone that's already following the site, signing up for it. Go ahead and uh, follow <laughs> our social media, Actu on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Palm, you got anything? No, just excited to have Wes on. He, he's got a very unique voice. Um, you know, one that, that is, is really interesting to read. Um, very excited to have him on, um, you know, and, and, um, you know, hopeful that it, it, as, as we continue to build this thing, he, he's certainly a uh, important piece in doing so. So excited for that and, uh, excited for everything that's to come. Yeah, I think Wes has a unique voice in both speaking and in writing. So uh, I'm looking forward to all thank of his contributions. Thank you, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to all of his contributions. Uh, and like I said, Palm the Scoop Man, get over and check it out. Lots of stuff uh, breaking over at Dogs HQ. We got you covered on the news. We got you covered on recruiting. We got you covered on opinion. We got the podcast. Uh, we do a little bit of it all. And uh, we hope that you'll come check us out if you haven't already. For the whole Dogs HQ crew, Wes Blankenship, Palmer Toms, I'm Jake Roos. This has been another edition of Dog Walk Talk presented to you by Dogs HQ. Thanks for tuning in.